Welcome back to the Strategic Meeting Tech Podcast. The Strategic Meeting Tech Podcast is your podcast source for news and discussion of the meetings and events industry. Each week, we bring you stories of new technologies, new ideas, and new directions that will directly affect all of us in the meetings and events industry. I'm your host, John Trask. I'm a CMP, a CMM, and I'm a 30-year veteran of both the audiovisual and meetings and events industry. And welcome back to the podcast. Uh, Today on the podcast, we don't have a guest. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about uh, kind of a technical question. And uh, what I wanted to address in this one was really uh, just some ideas and ways to assist people when they're going out to look at a venue uh, from the perspective of the audiovisual person, because my background is so much in audiovisual. Um, it's an area that I've, uh, that I've studied quite a bit over the years, and I find that a lot of planners don't always know um, either why something is important or even what they should maybe be looking for that will help their audiovisual guys. Now, I would say right up front, if you've got the ability to bring your audiovisual technician in to do an actual site survey, then I'd recommend that because it's really, really nice and helpful to be able to get your own eyes onto a room and walk around the room and get a feeling for it. Um, They can go look for some of these things that we're going to talk about later um, in person, checking things like power and dock access and things like that. But uh, say you're going out on a site survey, you're going to another city, but maybe you've got a vendor who you're bringing with you. Uh, and you're not able to bring someone from that company along on the site survey, Uh, years and years ago, to try and help, I put together a little tips list of uh, just questions and some things to look at when you're doing a site survey. So I'm going to put a PDF of that on the website. If you come to the actual website to listen, or if you uh, are looking either on our uh, on our hosting site or someplace like that, obviously you won't be able to get the PDF on someplace like iTunes. But um, I will have it posted, uh, strategicmeetingtech.com, within the blog post that this uh, this podcast will be contained in. So you'll be able to download this as a PDF and have it uh, to take with you to refer to. But let's start first of all when you're when you're walking into a venue um what are the things that you want to document about that venue to be able to give to your potential audiovisual vendors um first off you want to verify the room capacity charts um and get the exact dimensions of the room not just the stated capacity what i find a lot of times is a room capacity will be very optimistic it's pretty much the maximum amount of people who can be fit into a room and in a situation where you're going to be putting equipment in, you're going to have to have space for that allocated. And that's why you want the dimensions as well. Because I get a lot of times where someone will say the room is, you know, 8,000 square feet or some similar thing. And that's not really as useful in figuring out how it can be laid out, where the stage might have to go, um, different things like that. So having the actual dimensions Uh, The locations of doors, the locations of uh, access places uh, for like servers, things like that are all very uh, important to document. So um, you want to get the exact dimensions, you want to get the room capacities, you want to verify what those capacities are based on, and then you want to look at the ceiling height. I see sometimes that's skipped over as well on charts and things that are published by a venue. Uh, but the ceiling height's very important because that's going to affect very much what type of video projection 
and uh, other types of uh, projection and visual content that can be used in the room. The, uh, the other thing about ceiling height is often that can be a little bit optimistic. It will have the highest point in the room. Uh, you want to be aware of what the lowest ceiling obstruction height is because you have things like chandeliers, you have things like soffits uh, that carry air wall tracks. You want to be aware of where that lowest point is because you can say the room is 17 feet, but if you've got a chandelier that drops down three feet, it's really 14 feet when you start putting screens and things in, or you have to work around them, and that can affect your capacity for your seating. So be aware of what the ceiling height is and document the lowest ceiling height, uh, considering what obstructions are available in the room that you need to work around. You want to look at power, and you want to be aware that power is more than just the wall plugs that you see. Uh, let's say you're doing a large meeting, and you're bringing in uh, some significant lighting to light the stage, some theatrical lighting, that lighting is going to require an extra power drop that's going to have to come from the venue or extra power from somewhere. And so making sure what you've got available power-wise is important. Usually there will be a power service behind the ballroom where um, the, uh, the vendor can plug in and pull a certain amount of amperage to power their lights, power their projectors, uh, power their audio system, uh, that is usually a higher requirement than what's needed in the room unless you're doing a very basic setup or a breakout room. Um, you want to note where the uh, location is for room lighting because um, you're going to need to, let's say you're doing projection, you may need to bring the room lights up and down. And so does the vendor who is in the property or the property itself have a remote, have a way that that can be controlled remotely, or does someone need to go to the wall panel and control that? And how much control do you have? Can you set up presets and have things done so that it's easily changed? Um, one area on room lighting that I run into a lot is, let's say you're in a convention center. Oftentimes those work lights in the convention center, they're very bright, but they're things like sodium vapor lights and they're not dimmable. So they're either off or on. And the process of turning them on can be a very long process. Uh, it takes them time to warm up and come up to their full brightness. So you want to take care to note what type of lighting is in the room and how it's controlled. You want to note where the loading dock is, how big it is, uh, whether it's ground level, whether it's an actual dock that the truck pulls down into. Um, all of these things are important because we need to know as a vendor if we're going to need a lift gate, if we're going to need a forklift, and also how far is that place where you have to unload the equipment from the actual venue room itself because there can be um, quite lengthy pushes is what we call them in, in the audiovisual world uh, but when you're pushing the gear from the truck to the room um, I've seen properties that can literally have like a quarter mile push to get to a ballroom or multiple elevators or things like that and the reason it's not just an inconvenience but it's a time eater and so if you've got people who are working on a clock which they are it's going to take you a lot longer to move equipment from a distant location obviously than if the dock is right adjacent to the room you're working on so it's good to know that because then your vendor can plan about it and can be aware coming in that it's going to take a certain amount of time to get that equipment in the room before they physically start setting anything else up 
You'll want to look at and listen to the house audio system. If, you, uh, if you're considering using it and not bringing in an external system, you want to know where it's, what it sounds like and where its speakers are located and where its controls are located because all of those things are going to be important. Uh, again, these are sometimes on larger rooms than, than a breakout room, um, but it's good information to document and to bring back to your vendor because it can spark some very good conversations about the, the best ways to do things within your intended setup in your room. So let's just kind of run back over that list real quickly. These are some items to consider and note about the room. You want to note uh, the ceiling height. You want to note if there's any wall treatments like, uh, let's say, mirrors or something because those can cause some issues with the walls. Um, reflecting light, uh, doing things, uh, just being a distraction that you don't want to happen. So sometimes mirrors have to be covered. Uh, you want to know what type of floor material is there. You, you also want to be aware of if there are any house rules. There are some properties that require the vendor to put down uh, a plastic covering onto carpets or um, maybe use a certain color of uh, gaff tape when they're putting cables down. So looking at the floor coverings and being aware if there are any special requirements related to those are important. Noting if there's any columns in the room. Columns can be something that needs to be worked around for projection, for sight lines, uh, for placement of stages and tables. So being aware of those are important. Uh, any windows, uh, just like mirrors, they can be uh, I mean, it can make the room look beautiful, but at the same time, you may need to cover them if they don't have existing uh, darkening covers because you want to do projection or you want to do other effects in the room. The window may be a problem for that that you'll need to black out. Uh, you want to look at the lighting and where the controls are. You want to note the location of the doors and service doors of the exits, of the electrical power. So getting all of these pieces down uh, are very important to help your vendor do the best quote that they can when they're considering the room and trying to fit your requirements into there as well as your audience. Some things to avoid, uh, try and avoid the low-hanging chandeliers if you can because uh, it just ends up making you either have smaller screens or more screens to make sure everyone can see. Uh, windows, as we noted, that don't darken or that are uncovered. Um, generally low ceiling height, uh, the columns, the mirrors, lighting that can't be dimmed. The other thing to avoid is look at the scheduling around your event and make sure that you have adequate move-in and setup time and adequate move-out and tear-down time on the back end. I've, I've had personal experiences where they've given us plenty of time on the front end to move in and then put a group right on our heels coming into the room and it's been a challenge to have enough people to get all of our stuff packed and loaded and out of the way so the other folks can get set up for the next meeting. So just be aware of what's going on around your room when you're looking at actually booking the amount of time that you need it for. Um, the other thing is here's some questions to maybe ask like say you're talking to the in-house vendor. Um, ask them how much equipment is kept on the property. Uh, there are some properties that have very extensive equipment. There are other properties that bring everything in on a show-by-show -show basis. And it's nice to know what's available there uh, because it's fairly inevitable that there will be some last-minute changes or additions or things happening. And so knowing what is on stocked right there on the property is very useful to know if you've got an addition, if it's going to take some time to bring it from an outside place or not. 
um, asking for a detailed quote with this specific equipment listed. Um, I see a lot of people who put very vague uh, things on their quotes, and it can come down to saying something like video switching. Well, give me a little more specific than that, because I want to know what those capabilities are. And it gives you something to discuss with that vendor and talk about. Uh, why did you choose this switcher? Um, how does it work? What's it functioning? What's the idea behind it? How does that fit into the vision for the meeting that we're developing together? Ask about the staff at the venue. Um, there are certain places I've run into where the staff is kind of serving multiple masters and so they're trying to take care of different parts of the property while they're working with your group and unless you've paid for a dedicated tech sometimes that can be challenging because you just don't always have the access to the folks that you need to talk to immediately um, so if you're going to be uh, putting labor in your room, for example, you may want to hire those people out directly and make sure that they're not covering other parts of the property or other groups at the same time. Uh, it really depends on your meeting, and it's really just a conversation to have, as all of these things are, with the vendors that you're talking to and with the venue itself. Um, ask about how long uh, it'll take to set up and, and tear down the gear, uh, because they're going to be estimating that labor for you based on those things and so you want to have a sense of how long it's going to take that's going to help you book the room for the right amount of time it's also going to make sure that you're going to allow for some time for rehearsal for your speakers to come up and get comfortable and other things that you may need to do ask about their local resources if you're talking to an in-house company do they have a warehouse in town do they have a vendor in town they can get gear from? Uh, just knowing what's available, obviously that's less important, say if you're in a major major city or resort where you know there are a lot of AV offices. Um, but if you're working in a more remote location or, or a smaller, maybe second or third tier city, um, know what's available to you uh, so that, again, when you have those last minute changes or additions, it's not a crisis of trying to figure out what can be brought in and how quickly it's available. Ask about security and how the rooms are secured, um, because from the vendor you're probably taking, you're taking possession of the equipment for the uh, for the length of the show. So you may want to pay to have security in that room if uh, if it say can't be locked or or something like that. Uh, so just be aware of um, what requirements are there and what's available to lock the equipment down in the room. Uh, ask about additional property charges. Uh, what are the charges for power? What are the service charges? What are the rigging charges? Uh, make sure that you're aware of all of those things before you've contracted a property because I've seen a lot of people who get surprised by having a, a contract for a property and then finding out further down the line how much additional the rigging or the power or the, even just the service charges and taxes may end up being onto what they've budgeted for their event. Um, by the same token, the vendors should be asking you a lot of questions. And it should start with, what are you trying to communicate at the event? As, when I'm on the vendor side of things, when I'm wearing that hat, I want to know more about the event. I want to go to your website. I want to hear about your company. I want to get a sense of the culture. And what are you trying to accomplish? What's the ROI from this meeting that you want the audience to walk away from? Because you've got to have a starting point where you're looking at it. Otherwise, what you're getting is just kind of a generic, this is how we always do it quote. And you're not going to get any creativity out of that. You're not going to get 
necessarily what's going to fit with your goals for the meeting. You're just going to get, this is how we always set a room like this. Um, ask about the purpose of the meeting. So is it sales? Is it education? Is it motivational? Is it a just a, a fun type meeting where you're getting everybody together to have a big party? Um, so again, knowing the purpose and knowing the what you're trying to communicate should be important to your vendor because they should be trying to bring in resources that match up with those messages and those ideas that you're trying to present. What's the audience size and the seating arrangement? Um, telling me it's 500 people is good. Telling me it's 500 people at dinner rounds means that things are going to be more spread out than 500 people theater seating. So knowing the type of seating for the room and what you're intending is important because I may need additional sound gear, I may need more screens. Uh, as we get into larger groups in particular, um, when you spread people out more at tables, you, uh, you just lengthen the room. You're taking up more space because they're not as tightly packed in. So knowing that seating as well as the audience size. Um, do you have presenters who've already given you a writer uh, or a uh, any sort of list of equipment that they need? Uh, if you've already contracted speakers or if you know, say, your executive team have certain requirements that they want, being able to build that in from the very beginning is important in knowing how we're going to address those things. Maybe they just want, want to make sure that they all have headset mics or they all don't like working from wireless and would prefer to have a wired mic. There are a lot of people who have specific requirements related to the way they present, and laying that out early is, uh, is helpful and makes sure that, again, your quote is more accurate. Because the whole goal of all of this is to get you a more accurate quote when you're starting to look at things and then you can hone it down from there and you can really understand what your costs are going to be rather than having any surprises or add-ons or uh, or things that take you uh, take you from out of the blue like oh I didn't know there would be a rigging charge in this room so again it's a communication item and it's really making sure that this information is being shared back and forth so that what you're getting back on paper is the most accurate and helpful budget that it can be uh, they should be asking you what you're going to be presenting. If you've got things like PowerPoint, do you have videos to play? Do you have audio clips that need to be played? Do you need to be connected to the internet? Um, all of those things relate to, again, what your presenters are going to be doing. And maybe you don't know it all yet, but you can have a, at least an idea of, I know we're going to be doing this and we'll probably do that. And that way it can be accounted for. Do you want the video or the do you want the video recorded or the audio recorded? In other words, are you going to be documenting what's going on in this room? And are you going to take that documentation and do something with it or is it strictly to put in a file so that you know what happened? Uh, because there's there's a lot of ways of approaching this and there are different levels of quality that we could be looking at of how this is going to be distributed. The same thing with live streaming or web streaming. Um, there are people now who want to do a lot, of, uh, a lot of live streaming of events, and there are quite a variety of ways to do that that didn't exist just a few years ago. So again, this ties back a lot to what you're communicating and who you're communicating to in making sure that the right resources are going to be back on that budget. Do you have the room on 24-hour hold? I've actually been in situations in some cities where it's very expensive to hold the room for 24 hours, and so they continue to resell it. And I've had 
groups where I literally would have to strike all our equipment at four o'clock so that we could clear out for another group to come in and have a dinner and then come back and put it in at 10 o'clock at night. Doing something like that gets very expensive on labor and, and exacts a bit of a toll on the crew because they're not really ever getting away to rest and get a good night's sleep. They're coming back to put stuff in and then they're starting early in the morning and then they're striking everything out. And so it can become expensive and it can be a challenge for your audiovisual vendor if you're not holding the room for the period of time that your meeting is. How long do we have to sit and strike the equipment? If you haven't contracted yet, that's something that we can discuss. But if you have, knowing that up front will tell us if we need additional resources or something else to make sure that the meeting can both be into the room in time and taken out in time. They should talk to you about rehearsals, both for the crew and for the speakers. And when are the presenters and or things like the show computers or the presenters' materials arriving? Because your crew is going to want to work with those and make sure that everything's right in advance, sometimes even of the speaker coming. We'll often do what we call a tech rehearse before any of the presenters ever arrive, where we simply go through all of the cues that are coming up in the intended show, we make sure that we have all of those materials, that all of them work. We're not going to watch your whole video, but we're going to make sure that your video is correct and that it comes up on the screen properly and all the levels are set right. So those are some of the uh, dialogue questions that should be going back and forth between you and your vendor. Um, some of the red flags that I've seen as a vendor that I would bring up to you immediately as a planner would be if a room is not on hold, as we just talked about, um, if the times to load in or load out seem too short, um, if you've got a crew that's you know starting at midnight, working all night to load in, and then doing a show all day, that can exact a toll on the crew. So we need to talk about how we're going to handle things like maybe your room isn't available to you till midnight. How are we going to handle getting that gear and getting it set and still having a fresh crew to do the work for you during the entire following day? Having short turns for your operators, that can cost you some significant money, but it can also cost kind of a human toll and lead to people being more prone to mistakes because when people are tired, they just don't always, um, they're just not as sharp as they should be. If you've been working someone for multiple days, 14 hours a day, um, it does wear them down over time. Not having breaks for the crew also relate to that. I've I've seen a lot of cases where planners sometimes will overlook that while they're eating or while their group is on break, the crew is still working. Maybe they're resetting for something or they're um, doing a luncheon meeting where you've got a speaker. You need to make sure that you're accounting for the crew to be able to step away and take reasonable breaks. Um, presentations arriving late and not having a clear schedule of what you're intending to do. All of those are just kind of red flag things that I would encourage you to consider and look at and make sure that aren't going to trip up your meeting somewhere along the line. So again, I'm going to put all of this in a PDF that you can download. Uh, there'll be a link on the, uh, on the website blog page. And uh, beyond that, that's just some, uh, some basic ideas for doing a site survey and uh, some ways to start interacting and communicating better with your audiovisual vendor. So uh, this is John Trask for the uh, Strategic Meeting Tech Podcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. 
This has been the Strategic Meeting Tech Podcast, your podcast source for news and discussions of the meetings and events industry. You can find out more about Strategic Meeting Tech at our website, www.strategicmeetingtech.com. There you'll find resources and information about how we help planners to create better audiovisual and technology outcomes at their events. Our music is provided by Steph Sachs, under license from the Creative Commons, and you can find out more information and links to the artists there on our website as well. Please send any comments or show suggestions to John, J-O-M, at strategicmeetingtech.com. Thanks for listening.